What's up, y'all? Kevin Kuhn here from Athlete Factors. This is the Athlete Factors podcast. I'm with an old running rival, Nick Swiker. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Nick? Oh, not much. How's it going? Just living the dream. So I say rival, but I don't think I ever beat you in anything. So I don't know. You might have. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. I was just explaining to my wife the other day. She said, how, asked how I knew you. And I said, well, I ran against someone who was at Cedarville. And I go, wait, no, wait a minute. I ran against someone who was in high school. Yeah. Going out to Albuquerque, New Mexico together. So That's right. That's right. Good old, good old times with the uh, Yellow Springs crew. Yes. Yep. Doing some, some junior Olympic cross country. Yes, that's the, that's exactly what I remember. <laughs> yeah, so we were technically teammates before we were competitors against each other. So correct, sure. Even in even in high school, I don't think we ever raced uh, y'all because you guys were you know big school division and little yeah. Cedarville. We had yeah. <laughs> we had the had the small school division on lock. So. Correct. Yes. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So tell us a little bit about your history with running, how you got into it, and uh, yeah, take us all the way up through kind of what you're doing now. Yeah, no problem. Um, so I guess for me, running was originally, uh, I was still playing football um, when I was like kind of eighth grade, played football, freshman year, not really the fastest anymore, so I needed to try something different to stay in shape for basketball. <laughs> um, so I remember the basketball coach kind of being like, you either can run cross country, you can go to the weight room, or you can go play football. And I thought, well, football's already out. I hate the weight room, so let's go see what running's about kind of deal. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so as I got started running, kind of, um, I still remember it was, I was younger, and my dad was kind of like, oh, you're not going to go run unless you can, you know, beat me around the block twice is really like the first time I remember running. Um, and uh, so we went out, the block was probably about 400 meters, and uh, we raced around twice, and I remember getting back in the house my mom said where's your dad and I said I don't know he's way behind me. <laughs> so that's, nice. that's kind of how it started I, I always laugh because I remember showing up the practices in like basketball shoes and long baggy shorts and not running at all and just kind of being there um so it kind of just started as a conditioning thing and um I still remember my first race in high school running and kind of we were towards the back and I was with my teammates and I lived in Tennessee at the time I actually lived there for two years my freshman and sophomore year and mm. We were towards the back of the race, and my, I looked at my teammates and said, what are we doing back here? And they said, what do you mean? If you think you can do better, go do it. I remember finishing the race, and I was kind of mad, and they're like, what place are you getting? I was like, third, and I would have won if it wasn't for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So That's I, hilarious. So it was kind of a natural thing. I always tell my runners now that I coach, I have a bunch of stupid stories of all the things I thought, like reasons why I beat people in races, and they never make any sense to anyone else, but it's like, you know. <laughs> my. So I kind of just started running just to get in shape. Um, conditioning that I was naturally kind of good at it so it kind of like was like okay I'm good at this and I can beat people at it so as I kind of got a little bit into that realm of it I was like oh this is kind of fun but you know I still freshman sophomore year still found any way I could to get out of a workout so <laughs> typical typical person getting into the sport yeah sounds like yeah definitely and so um once we got through uh kind of that phase of it I actually moved to Beaver Creek when I was junior and that's kind of when the first the first time I ever ran in a summer or the summer was my junior year, leading like right before my junior cross country season. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was just telling someone this story today. Um, first race at Beaver Creek, it was like the day before the first meet. They just got me to get running shoes. The first time I ever owned real running shoes was junior year of high school. They're like, oh, you got to get running shoes. And I remember the night before the first race, they're like, what shoes, what, what spikes can I race in tomorrow? I'm like, spikes, what are you talking about? Like baseball cleats? <laughs> so my junior year of high school, they're like, no, you got good spikes. 
So I went and got a pair of spikes and I remember mm -hmm. showing up, showing up to the line that day and I thought, man, this is all new to me. Like these are real runners. So I thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe I can make the varsity team. So I remember trying to like, oh, I might be, make the varsity team. And I actually remember it was Billy Prisbilo was from Centerville and we were racing against them. And I remember mm -hmm. 800 meters to go. They're like, oh, you got to go. And all of a sudden I take off and I end up winning the whole race thinking I was just trying to make the varsity team. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, again, one of those things where I was like, no idea what I was doing, but they were like, you think you can make varsity? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then I ended up winning the whole race. So I had no idea what I was doing. That's amazing. That's such a hilarious story. Um, you know what's really funny? Uh, there's so many times where that sort of thing happens within the sport of running. Like, uh, you remember uh, Judd Brooker? Oh, yeah. Yep, definitely. So, like, his mom. Like, it was sort of that situation with his mom. And, like... <laughs> I think she was maybe a cheerleader or something. And this oh, was like yeah. while she was in college, she'd like never run before. And then she was like, yeah, I'll try running. And then, you know, she makes a couple U.S. teams in the 800. Like oh, no yeah. big deal. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. So it's just funny how that sort of thing happens. But um, so, yeah, sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off. Continue. Yeah, no, you're fine. So then from there, I guess I kind of fell in love with the sport and just the idea of comp competition stuff and had a pretty good end of my high school career and just looking for different uh, colleges and stuff. And that's where I ended up um, going to Malone. I actually was not on my list of things. Uh, where I wanted to go was not Malone at all. I didn't even know what Malone was. I didn't know it existed. Um, I actually was running at the Midwest Meet of Champions my senior year um, of high school. And I actually kind of collapsed, blacked out after the race. I, had, I ended up having an iron deficiency. I didn't know it at the time. But I ended up blacking out like the last three races of my senior year. And I had no idea. So I, went, I came to it, and the guy was standing over me with the Malone hat on. And he kind of, and I kind of looked at him and I said, oh, Malone keeps sending me crap in the mail and I keep throwing it away. So he's kind of like, oh, and then, you know, that time I want to go to Clemson or Kentucky or Miami, Ohio, like one of the, you know, one of the Mac schools where all the Mac schools were kind of in play. But I'm like, Malone, no way. Uh, he said, he's kind of said, oh, Jack Hayson's a great coach. You at least got to give him a chance. So I said, oh, I guess. So since he helped me up, I kind of ended up being Dugan, Dugan Hill, who actually coaches at Caldwell. He's a pretty mm -hmm. big coach down in Ohio, um, Southern Ohio, but he, uh, you know, he ended up helping me up, and so it was kind of interesting to see that that's how it kind of played out. So I ended up visiting Malone, and actually on my visit, Coach Hazen wasn't even there. So on my visit, his flight got canceled, and he wasn't even <laughs> at the visit. So his flight got canceled, so I ended up just kind of hanging out with the guys, and I liked them. But then actually Hazen made a trip to my house because he felt so bad. I think it's like one of the only trips he's ever gone to a recruit's house. So he felt, wow. bad. He felt bad, so he came down to my house. He actually stopped in Yellow Springs and got himself some ice cream at the, you know, uh, dairy place. And... He's, I remember all that stuff, and so he came to visit, and I said, "All right." So that's how I kind of ended up at Malone then, and um, kind of then it kind of my running career really to kind of took off at Malone, I guess. I mean, it was an up and down career. I mean, I'm not gonna lie; I tried to like I thought about transferring a couple of times. I got homesick. I was like three and a half hours away. Um, any running journey kind of has its ups and downs, and so I had some downs while I was at Malone, and all those times it was always like, should I walk away from this or should I keep doing it? Um, it was kind of crazy because my first race in college, similar to like my high school races, I, I ended up going out and this kid actually had a hat on backwards as a red hat and i remember in high school we weren't allowed to wear hats so i thought what is this guy doing wearing a hat and i was like i can't lose to a guy with a hat on backwards so i ended up out kicking the guy at the end and won the whole race and uh it was a similar story i thought i, I literally the night before i go i just want to make varsity so i can go to the chicago trip because we went to chicago i just gotta be top seven so i went out in like 10th on the team and i'm like sitting in the back with a uh, you know a couple guys from malone ryan kinzel and, and justin bomb there you're older than me and we're sitting kind of towards the back and i'm like sitting on my like, count i'm like i'm like 10th on the team right now but it's all right i was scared i mean it was five miles i was used to running you know 5k was long for me in high school i was more a middle distance runner so mm -hmm. uh, 
I was nervous, but then by the end of it, I remember coming out of the woods and they're like, the guy's right up there. And I see the red hat backwards and I thought, I can't lose to that guy. So I kicked it in and ended up winning my first ever college race. So that's amazing. It was, do you know, do you know who that guy was? Um, his last name was Medina. He was from university of California, Pennsylvania. I think, I think mm. that's from, so he's a pretty good runner. I think he's going to be a good 10 K runner. It was just one of those like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. <laughs> like, and they all, after the race, they're like, what place did you get? And I was like, first. And then all the guys at Mullen, like, what, how'd you get first? <laughs> like, I, I really don't know. <laughs> so I had no idea. Did you cheat? Yeah, I, I didn't, but <laughs> that, they probably thought that. So at that time, so I guess as, as my career kind of went up and down, I had a, a little bit of a, a couple of rough patches and uh, in between there, but I stuck with it and then kind of brought it uh, all together my senior year and had a, had a pretty good senior season. Um, my senior year was kind of weird because um, I actually, I remember this, I, I got, I, we did a time trial before the season every year and before my senior year, I, I had trained super hard that summer and the time trial, I got like crushed by a couple guys and I literally remember calling my mom and saying, I think I might just redshirt this year and come home and just take a year off and I was like, I don't, I'm not sure I want to do this. Um, and then, lo and behold, a few weeks later, it all came together. But at that time, it literally was a down patch. I mean, I thought, like, I, I don't know if I want to do this. Um, kind of how running always kind of works, and it's unique. But then, you know, four weeks later, whatever, I ended up winning the All-Ohio Championship. And a month before, I wanted to quit. So <laughs> so that's how it goes yeah, sometimes. It literally was like, uh, I don't know if I want to do this. I want to come home until a month later. I was, like, back riding high. So, um I guess from Malone, I went, after Malone, I kept running. Um, mm -hmm. So that was kind of an interesting experience. Uh, I did kind of the whole post-collegiate thing, and that's a whole – I mean, we could have a whole podcast on that because that that's an experience for anyone that does it because um, you're kind of trying to – like I was working at a running shoe store, just trying to put in as many miles as I can, try to win some prize money at races, mm -hmm. um, try to get shoe deals here and there. I ended up running for Newton, running Elite, which was a fun experience. Um, and it was cool because, like, Mike Anderson ran at the University of Dayton, and I trained with him some of the summer. He ended up on the team there, too. So we kind of – I knew some people, familiar with some people. Um, nice. That was a good experience. They traveled – I traveled all over the world for that stuff, so that was fun. Um, but I kind of got to a point where I just wanted to hang him up and uh, start a family and start coaching. And so that's kind of – four years ago, I just was like, eh, I'm done with this kind of deal. Um, started coaching football, actually. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I, I I totally walked away from the sport of running altogether. To be honest, I, I didn't want anything to do with it for about uh, three years. I said I don't even want to like think about running, talk about running. I kind of wanted a break. Mm -hmm. um, and then the cross country job came open here, and um, I, they asked me at first if I wanted to do it, and I said no. So <laughs> <laughs> I said no. I, I want to stay away from it. Um, I actually think it's kind of uh, cross country is hard to coach because for me because it's I have like I expect so much out of the kids so it's hard on them sometimes I'm sure because I know what I did so I'm always like no no no, you can't do that you gotta work harder than that mm -hmm. so sometimes I gotta remember what I did as a freshman and sophomore in high school and not what I did as a junior and senior <laughs> um but yeah so it's yeah, different you gotta so, wear basketball shoes you gotta get some yeah. longer shorts let's go yeah. guys come yeah, on yeah exactly go hide a <laughs> basketball in the woods that's what I did myself <laughs> go play hoops at the community college every day instead of run um, nice so, uh, yeah, so it was kind of like, I don't know if I want to get back into running. So um, I kind of shut it off for a couple of years and, uh, you know, three years did nothing with it. Um, then they got me back into coaching. And even for a year after coaching uh, cross country, I still was kind of like, eh, I don't know. And here, the real the fun part is the, the story how I got back into it this time was 
I was getting ready to run a race because uh, one of my good friends, Tony Migliozzi, who like you know has been like a world 50k champ or whatever. So he's you know pretty competitive. He's like, hey, you know, get back into running. Okay, I I, I want to get back into just general shape fitness for my kids. I got three kids now, so mm-hmm. I thought I kind I kind of want to be in general shape. I was actually I've actually lost 40 pounds almost in about four months. So I was kind of four months ago I was really out of shape, and I thought eh. <laughs> round is a shape. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'll try this running again and see what happens. So I went and ran a 5K. It was a night glow, and I was getting ready to run. And, and my daughter says, "Hey, Daddy, can we come watch you run?" And she's five. And I said, "No, it's going to be way past your bedtime, and and Daddy's going to do awful. Like it's going to be ugly. It's going to be terrible." And she goes, "Are you going to win?" And I said, "I just laughed. I was like, when? Are you kidding me? I was like, no way. I was like, I'll be happy if I finish and not die, you know." And so she like looked at me all serious and was kind of like, "Well, then what are you running for?" Mm-hmm. I'm like. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> like, wow. You know, and it kind of hit me back. Like, you know, the last time I was doing this, and the reason I walked away is because I was doing it competitively, and I didn't know if I could do it not competitively. So, if I'm not going to run it, let's, we're either going all in or all out. I mean, that's usually my personality. So, I thought, well, let's go see what this looks like. And it was pretty ugly. I think it was like 1756. I barely broke 18. Um, and about, and, and, and afterwards, I sat on the side of the curb for 10 minutes without moving for sure. I mean, I was dead. So, it was mm-hmm. off. I was like, this is the worst I've ever felt in my life. Um, <laughs> It was pretty bad. So then after that, I um, I thought, all right, well, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it. So I started kind of eating right, um, cut out all kinds of stuff like pop. I mean, I drank zero pop. I mean, I was I didn't drink pop for like 13 years, and then all of a sudden I was like hooked on it again. So mm-hmm. uh, cut that out, cut out all the junk food, stopped the fast food eating. Stopped, I haven't been Taco Bell in four months. You know, that was a, <laughs> a shock. The coaching diet is a lot different than the running diet because with coaching, sure. I mean – there's some nights you eat at midnight, so that your options are Taco Bell or a bowl of cereal at home. So neither one are really great at midnight. But uh, mm-hmm. so I had to fix the diet and change things, lose some weight, get back into running, take it kind of seriously. Um, mm-hmm. It's been it's been an interesting journey because there were some struggling runs um, back at the start, um, but it's been fun because it's been kind of like uh, I get to kind of experience it from the the start from the person who's not been running to like jump into it. I got to experience it kind of with the cross country kids as they were going. I was kind of going with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and got back into it. Um, I've dropped quite a bit of time along with the weight and the mileage has gotten up higher, but my biggest fear right now has been just don't get injured because that could be pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my commute, I actually run to and from work every day. So that's my mode of transportation too. So it's, it's double, don't get hurt. So nice. Nice. How far is your commute? It's only two miles. So I usually run two miles, I actually drop all my stuff off and then go run more and come back. So, gotcha. um, and then I run the cross country team after school and then run back home. So it's an nice. It's, an interesting experience on my own personal running right now. So it's been a, it's been a journey, but it's been fun. Gotcha. So what's your, what's your current mileage looking like? Oof, uh, about 70, 80 miles a week. I think the max of it so far is 85. It's taken, I mean, time to get up there though. Um, mm-hmm. it took a little bit of time, but I, I can hit, I've been hitting about, I'd say I'm average about 80, which has been good. I'd like to get a little bit higher, but I also don't, again, don't want to get hurt. So it's a fine balance. Yeah, for sure. There's a fine line there. Like my body, could not handle that much mileage even when i was in college like i just it wasn't for me like yeah oh yeah um, so so uh what like are you honing in on specific distances right now do you want to keep it at 5k 10k what's your what's the long-term goal yeah, so kind of funny. My original goal was let's get in shape for a turkey trot so i thought i could run the 5k with a turkey trot and be competitive because after my daughter kind of said the whole um going to win a race thing. I thought, well, maybe I can win the turkey trot. So I'll get in shape by then. Um, <laughs> so I thought, let's take it slow, not big goals. But honestly, I got in shape way faster than I expected. Um, 
so I started running some 5Ks. And the second 5K I ran, I think I ended up running like 16.30. So I dropped a minute pretty quick. And I was like, oh, okay. So let's see if the next one I can, you know, go go a little bit faster, break 16. And the last 5K I did, I ended up running like 15.38. So that was like, I think it was two months of training at that point in time. And then I just did a 10K a week. Yeah, you know, it's been a week ago. And I ended up running 31.25. So like two 15.40s together. So I was like, wow. all right. Well, we're getting there, but um, <laughs> I still don't. I still don't really know. It's kind of the fun of it, I guess, is I don't because I don't have like a. There's no like I. This is the first time I've ever not had someone writing training plans for me. I'm just kind of doing my own thing and um, mm-hmm. feeling it out, which is kind of nice. So I don't have a long term plan necessarily. I did. I am gonna try to run the Pro Football Hall of Fame half marathon, but that's not till April. It's kind of weird because there's gonna be a dead period for racing. I mean, who races in January and February and December? You know, like those aren't really race periods, so it's gonna be kind of dead. Mm-hmm. it'll be kind of weird i i kind of want to see what i can do in a half marathon in the spring and I, it's weird because i i honestly thought i'd be done done but i think i can still get back into you know maybe the best shape i've ever been and it's not i mean it's been four years off but it's still like i can feel it's still kind of there so we'll mm-hmm. see <laughs> yeah if you've been able to do this in just a couple months time like uh you've already run faster than my best 10k so <laughs> well, <laughs> after a couple months of training so We'll see. We'll see. Four years off hurt a little bit. Yeah, that 10K, I, I ran stupid. So I, I tried to win the thing thinking I was in better shape than I was and ran kind of stubborn my old ways. It was It's hard to break bad habits. So I took the lead a couple times and threw some surges in. And I'm like, afterwards, I was like, what was I doing? <laughs> like, Sometimes I, you got to risk it, though. You know? I, I, oh, yeah, for sure. No, I mean, that's, uh, that's one of the things I, I was just recently talking to a kid about being a racer versus a pacer. And you look at the whole two-hour marathon thing. I know that's a big debate right now where everyone's talking about the, the shoes versus – but my biggest problem with it is that it was just a, a time trial that we all publicized instead of an actual like race. I'd rather see some, two people race for the two hours and see who can get it versus uh, guys forming the, forming the flying V and doing all the pace right. work. Yeah, me, the, la- the laser and the, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. To me, that's kind of boring. That's not like that. To me, running was always like a racing thing. I never like was a good pacer. Like even in college, when I ran my best times, I remember when I ran 1406, which was my fastest 5K. Afterwards, they told me I did, and I didn't believe them because I had no idea what pace I was running during the race. They're like, "Wow, you just ran 1406." I'm like, "No, I didn't. What did I really ride?" And I'm like, "That's the pace." <laughs> like, they're like, "No, you did." And I'm like, "I don't believe you." Like until it shows it on the board, and literally, I waited and it showed on the board. And I was like, "Well, I guess I did." But right. we went. I guess we went to the mile like 428, and I had no idea. I mean, I didn't hear wow. it. They were like, you know, people, someone said it. They're like, well, we were telling you your splits every 400. I'm like, you think I listened to any of that? Like, <laughs> I was just running. So some people like that stuff. Yeah. yeah, some people like that, the timing and stuff. I didn't, I never liked it. Even in workouts and stuff, I, I generally like to know what I was supposed to hit, but I hated when people, I was a bad, I was probably a bad athlete to coach because I <laughs> tell me I'm not hitting split right. I'd be like, uh, are you kidding me? Like, too slow wasn't unacceptable, but too fast, I'd always be like, come on, I'm running faster than I'm supposed to. I never got it, you know. I was like, no. Oh. <laughs> So I kind of, I kind of want to see the racing. So I always say racer, you know, let's, let's race a little bit. So yeah. And the, the surges in the 10 K was me racing a little, just to see what, get back into that feel of things. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty awesome, man. So, um, yeah, when I, when I was following, I've been following you on Facebook yeah. since, you know, whenever. And so to, to see that story that you shared about your daughter, I was like, this is cool. Like yeah. not expecting this though like i'm yeah. super shocked and i'm so impressed by it man so keep Thank it up it's yeah pretty I, awesome stuff. I, I didn't expect it either but you never know <laughs> never know what's gonna happen i even i joke too because i gave it i actually had to give a sermon the sunday after she did that to me and i gave a sermon i got up there and used that in the sermon and i 
I kind of laughed because I started relating the whole thing to running. And the, the, then I got back. That's kind of when I was kind of reflecting. And I was like, that Monday after, I was like, maybe I'm supposed to do this because my daughter's calling me out on it. It's reflecting <laughs> on my in my sermon that I had to give at church for a Sunday. And I'm like, maybe it's time to just see what could happen. So we did it. But yeah, I didn't expect this. And I, that's why I don't really know where this is going. I really don't. Um, but wherever it goes, I just hope it's a cool story that someone uses to inspire themselves to say, you know what, if, if he can get off his couch after four years and lose 40 pounds and get back into running and do something, um, yeah. you know, I'd love to run one race and just PR and just be like, you know what, at 33, after four years of sitting on my couch, I came back and I ran a PR and someone can, you know, that's, yeah, I, I see these women, there's a, you know, a couple of women there in the Olympic trials that are like, what, 38 and 43 or something like that, that are moms of three that are running and stuff. And I think there's no excuse at this point. I mean, I get up at 4 a.m. every day to run, but that's what you got to do, you know? So it's a little different, but it's yeah. fun. <laughs> it's inspirational, man. Like the fact that, you know, just because you're, you're past what most people would consider your, your prime doesn't mean you're necessarily past your prime. So, yeah. um, the human body can do amazing things. And we tend to put these, uh, ranges of time where it's like, okay, like when you're in college, that's, that's when you figure out if you've got what it takes to run at the next level. And then, and then you do it. And then when it's, when it's done, when you're, when your time's up, all right, you move on to something else. You either coach or you, you know, a lot of people just leave the sport altogether and they never kind of look back. So, um, it's been interesting to follow your story because you're not only coaching it, you're also back at it and, yeah. and doing pretty well. So, um, perfect segue. Tell us a little bit about coaching. Yeah. So coaching, um, it's been, it's a difficult transition. Sometimes it's a change. Like I said, I, I wasn't even sure, uh, I was hundred percent sure I ever wanted to coach cross country again. Like I was kind of liking the football thing. Um, I was kind of like the cross country thing always scared me. Same thing. Like I always tell people like, I'm always nervous that my kids running cause my expectations are going to be so high. I mean, they just are because I just always think of, well, why would you, you know, like I just naturally was gifted. So it's hard, you know, like I got, I was God given ability that I don't have a lot. I, I have high pain tolerance. I don't feel a lot when I run and I just keep going. And, um, so I always feel bad for the kids cause my expectations for them are that they don't feel anything either. And that they're going to keep pushing. <laughs> so, so it hurts coach. Don't yeah. feel it. Yeah. Sometimes I tell them before races all the time, the only two things I can guarantee is that you're going to run and it's going to hurt. Like, that's it. Those are the only two things I can promise. The rest of it's up to you what happens in between because I can't call a timeout. That's the thing that drives me nuts about cross-country science, too, is like with coaching basketball, too. It's, I can call a timeout and be like, what are you doing? During cross-country, you're standing there going, what, what's, he, what's he doing right now? What, what, what's she doing? I, I don't know what to do. And you yell, you have, you know, three seconds to yell something real quick and hope they hear it and hope they understand what you're saying and hope they know what the feedback is. Mm -hmm. uh, adjustments are hard to make you know it's it's shorten your stride or relax your shoulders or go try to you know give me a couple quick steps and get right back on his shoulder but it's not like you can't be like time out time out what why did you go out way so so way too fast why was my why, why was mile one your pr like mm. so you know stuff like that you can't make that adjustment so um for me coaching has been it's, it's been kind of difficult but uh, i love it i mean i wouldn't change it for anything I, I i always wanted to coach um I honestly like the time away from cross country actually helped me away from running. Like I love it again. I have a super passion for it. Saturday mornings are great. I mean, um, there's nothing like a cross country Saturday morning. I mean, you know, Friday night football was fun, but it, I, I knew my passion again once I got back into it, but it took getting back into it. Um, and seeing things from a different angle. My big thing with coaching, um, I had to change a lot of things and not focus on, you know, their times and their time goals, but are, are we teaching them life lessons through coaching? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's the same thing with like, you know, basketball track, all of them. It's like life, experiences it's not 
Um, we try to focus in on like one thing for the year. That this is what we're going to do. We have like five core values for cross country and track that we use. And, and the first one is just be the best version of yourself. I mean, if you do that, then we're going to, we're going to do something. Um, because I, I just recently had a kid. Um, he actually wrote me a thank you note because he went from being when we started two years ago, when I started back coach cross, co- coaching cross country, he was like a 30 minute 5k kid. And this year he PR'd at 1930. So, I mean, he went from that to, and he wrote me a thank you. Just he has now his confidence. I mean, to me, that's more important than how fast did he ever run because, you know, the confidence that he gained, hopefully he takes that for the rest of his life knowing you can do something that you didn't think you could do. For sure. Uh, so for me, for coaching, that's more, more important. You know, last year we focused for cross country on finish every race strong. Like I wanted your best 10 seconds at the end of every race, just like, and we related to life, like everything you do in life, finish the best you can. You always finish all the way through, finish hard. And we use that. Um, this year we kind of use the next step mentality is what we called it. And it was always just make your next step, your best step. Um, so in the race, when you get kind of get tired, we, we use different step counts that use like a 10 step count form. Like you're tired, give me 10 hard steps, count those 10 steps and then relax for a second and give me 10 hard steps, but kind of keep thinking that next step is my best step. Um, and we use that for, if you had a good race or a bad race, our next step is going to be better than what that one was. So it, it wasn't just steps in the race, but it was steps throughout the season and progressions. And, um, so those are kind of two like life things we use we use a lot of the e plus r equals o stuff i don't know if you've ever seen that stuff but the event plus the response equals the outcome mm-hmm. um just because we, t- we talk about how to ha- handle adversity so we always talk about you're going to handle adversity the rest of your life so how can you handle adversity here because there's going to be bad races there's going to be bad moments there's going to be times we have to overcome so how are we going to do that so for me i guess coaching is more about life experiences the running part um I mean, I have a general idea how I feel about my philosophy with training and training high school athletes and that. But to me, that's not as important as like, are they getting life experience they're going to carry for the, with them for the rest of their life? Because they're probably not going to run for the rest of their life, but they might, you know, at 29, they might, de- or 33, they might decide after four years to get back off the couch and do it again. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't guarantee that, but I can guarantee that they're going to experience life the rest of you know their time. And so it's important that they get those things from running, which is what I think is beautiful about running in, in general is that you can it relates to the path of life so, so well versus some of the other sports. It's like they do, but they don't at the same time where running, it's like it's a journey and, and life's a journey. And how do you handle that journey? And that's that's mainly what we talk about a lot, um, more so than even training philosophy. I mean, they have a general idea what my training philosophy is, but we talk about life more than we do about actual running, I guess. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that's. That's really awesome. I think that's super helpful for people. Like there's there's very few athletes in any sport, but running specifically, that don't need to be reminded of the parallels between the adversity of training and the hard work that you have to put into training and running every day and you know the the potential benefits, the adaptations, the outcome your increase in fitness, your increase in resiliency, your ability to deal with really, really hard moments in a race. And like the parallel to life is, I mean, there's very few people who, who don't need that type of reminder. Oh yeah. Like, so to be able to reinforce that into, especially kids nowadays, I think that's huge. I think that's really helpful as somebody who works with kids um, I try to do stuff like that, um, all the time. So I work with, I work primarily with kids, uh, Mondays and Wednesdays and they do all kinds of sports. Um, so what I'm doing is primarily strength and conditioning and injury prevention and athletic performance stuff. 
And before we dive into the actual workout, like I want to know how their day's going. I want to know what they learned in school. And I want to make sure that they know that, you know, I'm invested in who they are as a person. Because like you said, ultimately, they're not going to be playing sports the rest of their life. They're going to be living life. And so, um, yeah, the other things that they're doing related to the sport is important because there's a lot of aspects of life that you need to be prepared for and you need to, um, yeah, you need to be mindful of. And so I think that's really good that even though they're playing the sport, you're helping prepare them for the rest of their life. It's good yeah, stuff. Def- yeah, definitely. And I think too, like you just said there, the relationship piece is so important that a lot of times coaches forget is like, you know, like you just said, I want to know how'd your day go? How's life at home? I mean, I got lots of kids. We're dealing with different stuff at home. I mean, I can't expect a kid to perform at his best if, you know, someone just had a, a big injury at home or someone, an illness or a death in the family. Like you got to know those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you have those relationships and the kids see you, that you're invested in them, I think they let you push them a little harder too. Like you can ride a kid a little bit harder if he knows that at the end of the day, you're going to give him a hug on his way out. You know, like they, yeah. they understand. They trust you. It, but if you're going to, you know, you're going to ride a kid and then you don't have that relationship with them, they don't respond usually very well. So, um, you know, it's easier to push a kid when you have that relationship where you're invested, when you know who their siblings are, or what their favorite sport or what video games they're playing at home, you know, what's their subject, what do their grades look like, are they struggling in something, you know, and then those are the first kids that'll come and talk to you about anything else they need help with too, which is to me, again, more important than the sport. And then what you'll see is I think once you build the relationship and you get the buy-in from those kids knowing that you care, you'll push them harder and they'll do more for you. I mean, once, once they buy into that whole team culture and that, you know, I believe all the stuff on the cultures and stuff, once they're into that stuff, you're going to see a better effort because they care because they care if they know you care, if you don't care, they're not going to care. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's big too, is we, that's why we touch on that stuff a lot more, I guess, than like I show them what their training paces are and stuff and just explain it as simple terms as I can, but we don't go into like training philosophy too much or anything like that. It's more about how we're going to handle life and adversity and, and even co- competition. I mean, I feel like a lot of times people are scared to talk about being competitive. We're so into participation awards and, finisher medals and i mean i get all that stuff it's it's great but um we don't like to talk about competition and we just had a conversation a couple weeks ago at at practice that the rest of your life you're going to be competing for something you know like it's it doesn't stop just because you think that all of a sudden everyone thinks you know it's good just to complete something like you're going to be competing against people for the job that you want later on in life to get into the college that you want um Mm -hmm. so we just talk about you have to give the best effort you can every time because you are always competing for something um and, and, and I think in our world, a lot of times we don't, we don't emphasize that anymore because I don't know if it's because we want to be nice. You can be nice and compete. That's what I always tell them too. You don't have to be a jerk to compete. You still mm-hmm. want to beat someone and you can turn and shake their hand afterwards. But if you're not giving your best effort, um, it, you know, it's not going to help anyone in the end. So we, we talk, touch on that too. I mean, I feel, feel like that stuff's more important than let's make sure our training philosophy aligns with what you think. And you read in runner's world this week that my workout makes sense. You know, like I don't <laughs> That stuff we don't really talk about as much, um, but we do. I mean, we, they know the running stuff in general. But I mean, this year I had kids for the first time after already asking me. We just finished districts, and some kids are done, and they're already like, "Coach, when's off-season conditioning start?" It's like, "All right, I like that. That sounds better." Mm-hmm. So they're fired up. They don't yeah. want to stop. Yes, that, and which is good. Which is what we want. That's more important than them understanding, you know, why we did mile repeats on Wednesday. So, mm-hmm. so. I guess let's transition a little bit to uh, like what's the basic framework of your coaching philosophy with regards to, you know, the the X's and O's or like um, 
you know, when it comes to running, what are the, what are the main things that you're focusing on? Yeah. So first of all, like for me, like with X's and O's stuff, it goes back to like kind of what I just said to emphasize, like if you don't get the kids to believe in what you're doing, they're not going to buy into the X. It doesn't matter what X's and O's you use because they don't believe what they're doing. Um, they're not going to do it right anyway. So we, we do explain it a little bit in that sense. Um, I think it's important to focus on the aerobic development a lot for high schoolers. I feel like when I was in high school, we focused a lot on the VO2, the anaerobic workouts, the repetition, you know, pace, if you want to say that, or the interval pace where we're doing high, you know, high intensity intervals. Um, we do a, we do a long run together on Monday. That's always important. Um, I feel like some schools do long runs on Sundays, which is fine, but we don't, we're not together on Sunday. I want to be with them on the long run. I want to see what it's like. I want to know what's going on. I feel like that's a really important run for high school kids. Um, <laughs> We do that together on Monday. Tuesdays are, are usually like a lighter day to recover from that. And then Wednesdays we usually do – early in the season we're doing lots of threshold um, intervals. So like I, I, when I was in college, I ran um, – when I ran 14.06, I hadn't touched a mile faster than five flat for six months. So, so I, I don't know if that's kind of – I err on the side of let's undertrain and then I can kind of like we'll race ourselves a little bit into shape versus let's overtrain and then hope we hang on. Mm-hmm. Um, so they know that um, we talk about a lot. We use the, um, we, you know, you got a hundred dollars to spend this week. Let's make sure we spend it wisely. We all got a, you know, we all got a big date on Saturday. So you want to spend, you want to save your money up for Saturday when we go spend our money on our date. Mm-hmm. So we talk about don't overdo the workouts. Um, so we use that. So Wednesdays we do like a threshold stuff, usually like anaerobic threshold pace. Um, and then Thursdays we'll do some type of neuromuscular stuff usually, but just a light something just to get the leg turnover. And then easy Friday race Saturday, and then Sunday they're supposed to do a couple easy miles or take it off, just depending on who they are and where we want their mileage at. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, in general, it's worked. I've had to make some tweaks. It's hard because I had a grand scheme of where I wanted things to look at look like, and you got to be patient because it's in two years we we got like halfway to what I thought I could do in year one. So <laughs> so it takes a lot of time. It's patience, just teaching them what how to run the long run, and and I like to when long runs I like to pick it up a little bit at the end to kind of like okay you're tired and let's hit a threshold pace at the end of a run but to teach them what that looks like is a little bit more difficult than you think I mean I to me it was just like I remember doing it but I got to think like okay most my team's pretty young so most of them are freshmen sophomores like what did I do when I was a freshman sophomore and I'm thinking yeah I, I ran to like the bakery at Kroger and went and got snacks in the back and then ran back to the school like yeah. I don't I don't remember doing anything so I got to kind of like tone it down for them a little bit but uh we do a lot. I, I'm big on under train instead of over train and, and push up instead of pull. I always talk about the push up instead of the pull up theory. Like I'm not going to train you at where I want you to be and try to pull you up to there. I'm going to train you at where you're at and try to push you up to where I think you can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that keeps you so you don't over train. You don't overexert yourself. Our injuries are usually down because of that. I don't. We don't have a lot of injuries. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of kids, so we can't afford any injuries. So for sure, definitely got to under train a little. But. Um, I think high school running too has got to be fun. So I don't like to make it. So it's like, you know, give them a little bit of, let them give me feedback. I always want feedback from them too. Like, how do you feel like the workout went? Like we usually talk on Thursdays, we have team meals and we usually talk like, was that workout too hard? Was it too easy? Do you feel like we're pushing? Do you feel like it's, it's, it's not hard enough? Like where mm-hmm. are we at? Um, and I'm hard on them sometimes too. Cause they're, they're way off in their paces. I want to know why, because to me with the under training, I think, okay, we're under training you. I put, I, I used the, Jack Daniels V dot, you know, like I use the V dot score. So we're training you at a pace that's relatively like based off the time you can run. So I know you can hit these splits. So why did you not? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and sometimes they'll give me excuses and I'll get upset, but usually we get through it and we figure out. So, I mean, but the thing with running too, that's hard is, and I always struggle with this because I came from a football, basketball, baseball background. Like sometimes more isn't better. Um, yeah. you know, and sometimes pushing through and grunting through a workout is going to set you back two weeks instead of right. cut it. You know, like we're done. Like look at heart rate. Like I know at Malone, a lot of times it was hard for me them to say your heart rate is sky high today. Like you're done. And I'd look at him like, there's no way, like I'm going to gut through this thing. Um, but sometimes that's not the right choice. And, and in most sports, you're used to like, I'm going to gut through this, like in mm-hmm. running, that's not always the best option. So I've always struggled with that. Like, okay, maybe we do take it a little bit easier this week and recover versus I finish a race. And the next thing I want to do is how am I going to get better? Because that wasn't as good as I wanted. And mm-hmm. I, I want to hammer on Sunday after I race on Saturday instead of, for me, you know, <laughs> you know, let's go, let's go push hard and see how I get better. So sometimes that's a struggle with coaching kids is, all right, I got to hold you back a little bit, even though I want to push you harder. Um, I know the best thing for you long-term. And, and with, I think about long-term development too. One of the big things at Malone was, I remember when I got recruited, uh, Jack Cajun said, I'm going to make sure that you, when you leave here, you still want to run afterwards and you still can. Cause I know some, some college programs bring you in and year one, you're running hundred plus miles and, and high intensity. And it's, I have 15 kids. Let's throw them against the wall. And the seven that survive at the end are my varsity team. And let's go to nationals. Mm-hmm. And we never did that at Malone, so I try not to do that to my the kids that I coach. Um, so it's a little, I guess, I don't know. If, I don't really know. You know, high school cross country is so weird. There's not really a right or wrong philosophy. It, different things work for different people. But mm-hmm. in year two, we didn't turn up the intensity too much. We did some hill repeats on Thursdays sometimes too. We'd do like a 200-meter hill we got just to do some neuromuscular stuff to get some turnover. But, um, I mean, our mileage isn't high. It's not as high as I'd want it. I mean, it's – but, again, it's year two. I, I wanted – you know, mileage would be higher than it is, but I think our boys probably average like 30 miles a week and our girls probably 20 to 25, depending on the girl. And that mm-hmm. seems really low, but it's like we started at zero. So yeah, we can't go from zero to 50. So, um, what, I mean, I got a sophomore boy who's good, so he'll, he's working his way up and learning. Um, but it's, yeah, he's also our kicker for the football team. So that makes things interesting too. <laughs> nice. So his, his life's a little different. So, uh, so that's another thing. I have lots of kids that do multiple things like band. I got a kid that plays football, you know, like there's a kicker. And so I have to, we have to work through those things too. So it's not like you don't get like this in, in high school cross country. You don't get like this clean. Like I got his attention a hundred percent of the time for any of the kids. I mean, I don't really have their attention a hundred percent of the time. And, um, we had some bumps and bruises this year that were like injuries that had nothing to do with us. Like I, had a, a girl get a planner's wart like that's not because of running or anything but she couldn't put a shoe on for two to three weeks you wow. know of the beginning of the season so it's like now we're we're dealing with that so things like that that are just bizarre that you're like you've got to be kidding me right now but uh, <laughs> but you know that's the fun of coaching i guess is these kids are learning sometimes it's frustrating because it's like you can't seriously be asking me that or thinking that that's okay but um they are and so <laughs> <laughs> we gotta we got to work through those things. Cause I'm like, uh, I can't imagine that, you know? So we talked, we didn't even have a talk this year about belly aches and headaches aren't necessarily serious illnesses. So <laughs> <laughs> I, always, through it. I always tell them I, I used to puke after now it was my bad eating habits, but in high school when we dump, when I'd have to run the four by eight, the 1600, the 800, the four by four, I'd be puking between all of them. <laughs> I, I remember, I remember I'd throw up and they'd be like, Schweiger's probably not running the 800 then. And I'd be like, Oh, wait one second. I'll be there. <laughs> throwing up in the trash can and it's like what did you eat today like oh you don't want to know coach like so. <laughs> oh my goodness hey do you remember uh he only ran at cedarville for 
I think one year, uh, Daniel Roberts. Oh yeah, I remember Daniel Roberts because he came to and I raced him a couple times when he was like in high school and he came to like our our resolution run at Beaver Creek. So yeah, yes. Uh, then he went to Florida State after Cedarville. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. So this is the kind of runner he was. Like while he was still early on in his running career, he may have been a freshman or sophomore. Yeah. He he decided. I'm going to deliberately eat some Pop-Tarts before I run so that I can learn how to train through this sort of stomach pain because I want to be better than everybody. Like, so counterintuitive to what I was thinking. I'm like, shoot, I don't want to eat anything because I don't want a stomach ache. And he's like, no, I want to get used to that. So it's never an issue. I'm like, holy cow. Like, dude. Well, Daniel Robinson, I would have got along because my pre-race milk <laughs> pop tarts and a cup of coffee. <laughs> my my uh, half marathon PR is off of uh, a bowl of M and M's. That's a true story. Nice. So there was the, the breakfast line was too long, and so I just started eating M and M's instead and drank a cup of coffee and had some M and M's and went and ran 105.52 off of that. So wow. Well, also my 5K PR for dinner, I ate. Uh, Halloween candy because I was at work and someone brought, I was getting ready to order pizza and someone brought in a Halloween candy a bag of Halloween candy <laughs> and so I just ate that instead because it was free so <laughs> then I went then I went and PR'd in the 5k the next day so that's amazing so my my diet was never good so it's way better now than it ever was but yeah I was thinking more like Dan Roberts style like let's see how hard I can make this well in high school I bought the heaviest shoes I could train in and then the lightest shoes I could race in so that <laughs> it'd feel like I was heavy <laughs> And I was just telling kids this the other day, too, no matter the weather, whatever the condition was, the last repeat when I was in high school, like it could be 10 degrees outside. I always did it with just shorts on, like no shirt, nothing, no matter what the temperature was. Because I said, oh, that way when I'm in a singlet, it'll feel like I'm warmer. I mean, that's like <laughs> the stupid stuff I thought was like reasonable. But that makes you so much, you know, mentally more tough. Like I do think in a way it does, I mean, it does change things. I remember I was coaching, I coached at Carrollton um, for one year and I coached Cole Lovett for that year, and he ended up being a state champion in the 1600 um, two years later. But I was coaching him as a sophomore, and he, and he came out of the, the Porta John at uh, the state cross country meet, and he has all this Under Armour stuff on and gloves and hat. And I said, Go back in there and take all that off. And he goes, What do you mean? I said, You look like a sissy. Like, you look flippy. <laughs> and he said, He goes, What? I go, I go, You need to come out here, and you need to literally look like you're crazy. Like, you need to be in your singlet and your, in your shorts, and the people are going to think, Oh, that guy doesn't feel anything. He's not cold. And people will literally be scared of you because they're going to think you're nuts. And he's like, yeah. Really? And he was like, yeah. And so I saw him like two years later. I remember I saw him and he goes, you still, you know, I still don't wear anything under my uniform. I refuse to race in gloves or a hat. He goes, because you told me that makes me look soft. And I said, well, <laughs> I remember being at Nashville, at Kenosha, Wisconsin. And it was like wind chill of like, saying it was snowing. And I was in yeah. a singlet shorts and, a, and, and, and everyone was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I, I want these Kenyans to think I'm crazy. <laughs> like I couldn't <laughs> I, I remember you guys always wore the, uh, arm the sleeves. sleeves. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even wear those that year. I said, nope, not even doing that. I said, forget this. Like, we're going full-blown. Like, just look nuts. Like, so, yeah, they thought we were, you know, crazy, I'm sure. So it was like, oh, this is crazy. So that, that type of stuff was the stuff. I mean, it does make you – I actually am going to go talk to um, the Malone Cross Country team this week. They got conference, and so talk nice. to them um, kind of about just being – how we were so competitive about everything um, and just how we kind of were a little nuts at Malone for those few years because yeah. we – Every- you guys' team, like especially junior and senior year, like you guys were insane. Yeah, we. Well, everything was a competition. That's what I want to talk to him about. Like we did the dumbest stuff, and you'd be like, "That is so stupid." And it was like, "Yeah, it was," but it was a competition because we just we all wanted to beat each other at something. And so we had like a list of people that DNF'd, and I still remember like Paul, 
Paul Robinson running like the last 100 of a 10K in like a minute 30 for the last 100. He just didn't want a DNF next to his name. So we're all like sitting up in the bleachers and we're laughing at him. And he like collapses afterwards and we go help him afterwards. But we're just like, we're making fun of him. It's like, oh, someone timed this 100. It's going to be like the world's slowest 100 ever. And, you oh know, my gosh. So that's the type of stuff we did. I mean, we we just, it was fun. But that's, you know, the, like you said, it's a mindset. You got to be a little crazy to be a runner. That's why I always tell the kids too. Like, no one signs up to run cross country and be like, I really want to be average at this. Like, you, you want to excel. You want to be better. Like, you have to be a little bit different to run cross country. It's just not a natural, like, no kids are running down the hall going, yeah, I really want to sign up for this usually. You know, it's usually like kids that are kind of like, I'll try this. It sounds like it's going to be interesting. So, yeah, it's a game of attrition. It's who can handle the most pain the longest. Oh, yeah. And, or, or the fastest, I guess. Yeah. So, right. Yeah, that's why I always tell them it's, it's it's a pain tolerance game, and not very many people want to sign up and say I'm going to put myself in pain. And like I said, that's why I tell them before the race, there's only two things I can guarantee: you're going to run, and it's going to hurt. You're going to be in pain at some point in time. Those are the only things that. And uh, I remember someone telling me before, you know, a race, kind of like the only reasons we don't, you know, succeed in racing is because we have a fear of failure, or we have a fear of pain. Either you're scared the pain's going to hurt, or you're scared you're not going to meet the expectations that everyone else is setting for you. So. I kind of always dealt with the expectation part. So I kind of had to teach myself what the actual expectation should be. And so that's kind of why I try not to place too unrealistic expectations on the kids because I always had unrealistic expectations for myself sometimes. And then when you don't do it, you're just like so defeated by it because you set up this. And so I had to change my mindset my senior year completely for at, at, at uh, Malone just because my mindset before was totally wrong. And, and that's a whole nother conversation, but that's a, I mean, it was just a mindset change. And so that's why I try to tell the kids like, you know, don't fear what people have expectations for you. Set your own expectations and just do your best. And mm-hmm. it's going to hurt. So you got to embrace it. Like you got to kind of take it in and just use that as your motivation. And, you know, the faster you're done, the faster the pain's done, you know? So, yeah, I think that's one of the, one of the funny things that so many people don't realize about, like, it doesn't matter what your fitness level is. It sucks just as much. Like oh, it's, yeah. It's all relative. Like just because you can run faster doesn't mean it feels easier. No, it feels just as bad. You're just a little more physically conditioned and a lot more mentally maybe unstable, but definitely (laughs) mentally conditioned. Yeah. Well, that's what it is for sure. I mean, it's not, yeah. Uh, People always say like, I can't believe you can run that fast. And I always say, I can't believe you can stay out there running for that long because I I just want to be done as fast as I can because it hurts. Yeah, they think, yeah, because you're in shape, but all of a sudden this felt really good. And it was was like, oh, it was just a joy, joy ride and a walk in the park because I've been training hard. Like, no, it still hurts just as bad. It's just that, like you said, I'm a little bit probably more mentally able, (laughs) unstable (laughs) to handle the the pain and and just be like, all right, we got to push through this. Um, And that's kind of like where the next step mentality thing came from me. It was me personally. I always have to, like, I literally sometimes want to count steps because it's just like, all right, how am I going to get through this race? Or you pick, I read a a good article about picking the next landmark you see. Like, all right, get to that next road sign there. Just get to that next road sign. When you get to there, just pick the next one and go, all right, I just got to get to there because there's always times where you're falling apart in a race. You're like, oh my gosh, I just got to finish. So it's a lot of it's just get to the next spot, get to the next 10 steps, get to the next, you know, person that's right there and then sit on them for a second, catch your breath. But it is. It doesn't matter how good a shape you're in. It's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, chunk it into manageable sections and then just execute on that and just know that it's going to hurt. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, man. I'm glad that I don't do too much running now because yeah. I guess I, I think I'm soft, man. Well. <laughs> <sighs> 
<laughs> I'm a lot stronger than I was back yeah. in college. I was, I think I was a little frail back then. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, not, not the mileage that I was doing back then for sure. Now, no thanks. So, dude, I did a couple track meets uh, a couple years back. Um, 200 and 400. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I was the only dude who didn't use blocks for the 200. Yeah. And uh, I did pretty well. So I was pretty happy about it. There you go. I, <laughs> I, uh, I started as like wanting to do the 200, 400. And then they just like, oh, let's try the 800. Let's try the 1600. Let's try the 3200. That's kind of where I was like, let's stop. Like, <laughs> And then in college, they say, let's try 25 laps around the track. And you're like, yeah. what? <laughs> Brutal. Yeah, I'm glad I never had to do that. My longest race on the track was steeplechase, 3K. Wow. Really? Yes. I was happy about, about – well, I wasn't even happy about that. It was a good race. I enjoyed it, but yeah, even that seemed far. Yeah. <laughs> but, dude, that's the thing. The bump from 5K to 8K or 10K in cross country is – oh, I did not enjoy that transition. That was a huge bump for me. Yeah, I was well. I came as a as a middle distance runner, so for me it was like I don't know if I can do this. I remember like starting in uh, college, them kind of wondering if we were, if we we're gonna be able to do it or not. You know, like just I was a miler, and all of a sudden you want me to run five miles on grass all at once. It seemed like a shock. Yeah, it's a huge jump. So, um, do uh, do you think that the as far as mileage goes, do you think it needs to be extremely different based off you're focusing more on like half marathon marathon versus 10K versus 5K? Or is it relatively the same, just the maybe the intensity or the specific uh, speed of mileage is going to be different? Yeah, I think um, for me, I guess at least like I think there's a, there's a sweet spot, but it depends. It does depend on distance free mileage, but I don't think. I think we've almost overemphasized mileage. We've almost overemphasized the long run being as long as it needs to be. Like, um, it's just that's something I always kind of toy with, and I and you know I understand some of it. But like, we're doing twenty mile long runs, and I'm training for a ten k. I, I don't understand when I was running a five k, I was doing ten mile long runs, and I was just fine. So why, you know, do I need to do twenty mile long runs for just going double the distance? I mean, I, I guess it's the double the distance thing. I don't know. I I I toy with all kinds of different things. I I. I think sometimes we overemphasize for me, the nice thing has been with doing my own running. I go day by day. Like I literally don't plan too far in advance. I don't have a mileage goal all the time. I just kind of say, you know what, today I'm feeling this and I want to get better today. and I'm going to push myself for me this time. When I was focusing on like marathons, half marathons, I did mess with my mileage going higher for marathon than a half marathon and, mm-hmm. but not and, and higher for that than a 10 K. But I usually stuck at a sweet spot around a hundred from five K up to probably a half marathon if i was running 100 miles a week i usually felt fine i wasn't too worried about it too much i mean um but a marathon i never really i mean i never mastered the marathon so that's one of the things i'm curious about can i figure this out this time because i ran 224 or 12 i think my first marathon and i never ran faster i ran two more and they both were slower so um and that was on the pittsburgh course and i ran 224 and, that, and that's like a decently challenging course so i never but I, I went from a middle distance runner to trying marathons after college. I wasn't sure if that was ever my sweet spot. I love the half marathon. That's fun because you can run it, and then a week later you feel okay. A marathon, you might run it, and it might be months. 
And the hard part for me for a marathon is like you train so much for it. And then if you don't meet your goal, then you literally are going to wait for a long time till you try again. Like yeah. the other distances, like that's why I didn't really want to focus on a marathon yet this time, because um, if I mess up with a 5k two weeks later, I can try another one. So right. Um, yeah. but as far as mileage and training goes, I think the big difference is, is in the, like how you train, like the, the paces and like, if you're going to run a marathon, you need to do stuff at marathon specific pace. Um, but I still do marathon specific pace stuff if I'm training for a 5k. Um, but I don't, you know, I, I think you have to have a variety, I guess. I, I don't really, I think that sometimes we've overemphasized like this is the end all be all like training philosophy. And this is the plan that has to work. I think if a day by day philosophy sometimes is, is, is the best almost because I swear to you, I read an article once that said like in, in Kenya and Ethiopia, sometimes they'll get up, they'll go run and they won't feel good that day. And they'll literally turn around and just go back, call it a day. And they don't let it mentally mess them up. Like we in, in, in the United States, we take a day off and we think we just screwed up our whole training plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's the case, you know, and, and that's a battle. I mean, sometimes I still think the same thing, like, oh, I didn't hit my paces today. I'm st- I must be getting in worse shape, but no, it just wasn't a good day. Um, so I've kind of taken the day by day approach this time, like, all right, today I'm going to run this far and I'm going to get what I get, you know, like I'm going to get up tomorrow morning, I'm going to run. And if I feel all of a sudden like, yeah, this is something that doesn't feel completely right. Um, I'll cut it. So I, I guess my training philosophy right now is a day by day, but I do have like types of workouts that I have as my go-to, like, all right, I'm going to do a five by mile threshold workout. I'm going to do a three by two mile threshold workout. Um, I, I like marathon, like longer endurance marathon runs at marathon pace. Even if I'm doing 5k training, like let's go try 10 miles at marathon pace and see how I feel. I mean, so I think you have to, if you hone in too much on like, let's do all this 5k pace stuff. I think you burn yourself out. If you do a bunch of marathon pace stuff, you're going to burn yourself out. I think it's variety, I guess for me is the main thing. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like the body, can get really, really uh, sick of doing the exact same thing over and over and over again, whether that's pace or intensity or or distance or duration. Like, you've got to have some variety in there. Uh, the body is too good at adapting. Um, so to do the same thing over and over and over again, I think is um, you're not going to get full advantage of your training. Yep. So you're leaving so much on the table. So, um yeah, you got a variety is the spice of life, man. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say anyway. Yeah. So um, so how can people follow you or contact you um, if they've got questions for you or um, or if they just want to stay in the loop for what you're doing coaching-wise? For sure. I mean, I, I hope that, like, yeah, in general, my story can be followed and coaching-wise and, and just what I'm going to do, like, running-wise and see what happens. I have no idea what's going to happen, but – hopefully inspire someone, but I have a, I, I put a lot of stuff up on my Twitter, which is, is just at coach Schweikert. Um, and then I also put a, uh, Facebook, I put some stuff, which is just Nick Schweikert, but I also have Strava account, um, which is just Nick Schweikert. Um, and it's all there. I mean, my Strava stuff is just mainly like the beauty of the difference between now and when we were running is like my watch literally loads it up to my phone for me, puts it in my running log and it's done. I mean, I was terrible at keeping a running log when I was in college and they'd always be like, same Schweiker, you're going to log your run so we can see what you're doing? And I'm like, yeah, no, uh, yep. <laughs> so now it just puts it on the phone for me. But uh, I put a lot of stuff up on Twitter with coaching and stuff like that and, and and Facebook some too. But, yeah, people add me on Facebook, Twitter. I don't care. It's fine. But, um, yeah, I'll, that's where I'll be. I mean, um, I tried the Instagram thing, but I'm not very good at taking pictures. So I'm 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 pretty old school still. I, even at 33, and I should be in, like, the technology phase. I didn't have a smartphone until, like, three years ago. I had a flip phone until then. So – 
I actually had a slide, and my slide phone slid right off, and it broke in half. And I said, well, I guess wow. I got a phone. And when I had to go get the phone, <laughs> smartphones were it. So I told you I didn't even know how to use a Skype thing to do this thing. So I don't, I don't know. I just I try to use hey. the technology. They tell me as, as a teacher that I have to use at school. I know how to use those things, and that's like it, you know. So the GPS watch thing, I, I always laugh. When I was in college, I used to listen to, like, music when I ran because I thought it made you mentally weak. And I didn't want a GPS watch because I thought that was, you know, too much information. And I didn't need that much information. I just needed to go run. So it's just <laughs> now I have them all. And now I have everything. So, But I don't listen to music still. I still don't do that one. But Yeah, that still makes you weak. For still sure. makes you mentally weak. I, I agree <laughs> with that one. It's you, don't, you don't get to do that during the race. Exactly. Why would you train with it? Yep. That's so. right. Yeah. You train with it, you become dependent on it, and then you're not going to have it. So, I agree. Shoot. All right, man. So any parting words of advice for anybody watching or listening right now? Um, I mean, I guess I'd tell anyone just, you know, the goal always is just, you know, do your best, be the best you can be, and keep pushing forward because you never know. Like, I mean, I didn't think at 33 I'd be back at this, and so we'll see kind of what the journey goes and how the ride goes. But I hope someone else out there is, is going to, you know, change their mind and get back on to doing something they thought about doing. Like, I guess my big thing is the age isn't a limitation. We kind of already talked about that. Like, don't set the limitation on, you know, I can't do this because like, don't use the excuse. Just go, tr you know, just go do it and see what happens. And that's kind of where I'm at right now with me. So hopefully someone else does the same thing. Sweet. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, chit chat with me. I've, re I've really enjoyed it. I'm sure everybody who uh, is watching or listening is, enjoyed it as well and uh yeah we'll have you go on again in the future to sounds great to fill us in on what's going on and uh yeah man good luck keep training hard and thanks yeah see you, right. see you down down the road all right sounds great thanks all right later y'all